0: It's Monday, March 28th, and we have, well, the East Coast's meat queen. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia.
1: Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It, Virginia, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin-Roby. Thank you so much for booking this interview. I really think you had me in mind when, we, when you booked this one.
0: I don't know. I'm going to question your manhood today. I'm going to tell you that, because there's going to be some things that Tanya's Cawthon, Belmont Patrice, with us today, is going to say. And I think I'm going to be ashamed that I don't have these skills, and I think you're going to be ashamed. I don't that think I'm
1: mentally or emotionally prepared for that. The reason why... I was making this all about me, is because I'm kind of on a low-carb diet thing happening again. Again. <laughs> again. This is my three times a year low-carb diet, and I think the a butchery is the best place to be for something like that.
0: You know, it's not a bad place. However, I did see that, so today is Monday, and they must do Meal Kit Mondays here at Belmont Butchery, which today is pork chops with rice and some lovely honey barbecue deliciousness. Maybe you should tell me. It's your meal kit.
2: Well, yeah, every Monday we do something different, and it's completely Jill's inspiration based on the weather, what we've got available, just what she was cooking for the weekend. So it does change every Monday. Um, We do also offer, and you don't have to pre-order, you don't have to do anything, you just show up and say, hey, I saw that thing on Instagram, I want it. Um, We also offer a thing that's called a butcher bag, and that is more of like a CSA subscription service thing. But it is an opt-in, opt-out. Um, we just need to know the Saturday prior to Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fun because it's three different meats, two portions of each, and you have no idea what you're getting. But we do give you a menu plan to go with it so that you have what our idea was. Oh. Um, so there's your low-carb genius, Scott. I, it need it. Is I need all the, the meats.
0: Meat CSA Opt-In, Odd-Out. Opt out. So you get all the meats, and then you can just, I don't know, have a broccolini.
1: I know you mentioned it off the top, can you just reset for us where we are and with whom we are <laughs> chatting today?
0: So if you guys hear all the cars and stuff, uh, we are lucky to be outside of Belmont Butchery, right off of Belmont, in the lovely Town, with Tanya Cawthon, who has been on, what, every food show there is?
2: Um... A lot of them.
1: <laughs> is, the, lot is the Meat Queen your official name, or is that have you? Is that a trademark at this point? No, 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 no. no. Roby's for, pet name for, for
2: you? No, basically it would be um, Chief Bottle Washer and All Things Required.
1: Everything
0: required sounds like me
2: for this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly what you are, <laughs> Chief Bottle Washer for the podcast. So when did you open this butchery, Tanya?
2: Yeah, so we opened in October of two thousand six. So, going on, finishing our 15th year, going into to our 16th this fall.
1: Wow. That's incredible for a small business to be a, 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 around for so long these days, I feel like.
2: It is. It's it's definitely been, during COVID times, more of a challenge than during normal times. But um, I think the lucky thing is that we were able to pivot a lot. You know, we've gone from in-store shopping to curbside only. Um, you know, we, we've definitely could have changed the rules on on how things work regularly and thank god i had sort of you know at that time sort of 12 14 years behind me that i knew what worked what didn't work um and my crew has been great um at no point did i have to lay anybody off we actually brought extra people on to handle the volume um there was a lot of i mean when restaurants closed people had to cook and people would rather shop small they didn't have to They didn't want to have to go wandering in a big grocery store with strangers. They liked the idea of, you know, minimal contact, small shopping. And we had meat and grocery stores didn't have meat in the beginning of COVID. Um, You know, everything that was going from farmers to restaurants ended up, you know, we could pivot and basically bring stuff here and help all of our favorite farmers out um, and stock people's freezers and, and just roll with it. Um, I want to
0: talk about why you had meat because I think this is a cool thing. Now we're going to get into how long you've been a butcher, and because I think that's a great story too. But so the meat that is in your case right now, when you walk into your store, you can see it directly. How many of
2: those farmers do you know? Well, all of the. So we are probably sixty to seventy percent direct farm raised, and then you know from there a thirty to forty percent from farmers further afield that we don't know. Um, And that's simply because for every, for every animal that you um, harvest, you have to sell the whole animal. So, you know, people want ribeyes, people want tenderloins, people want all the prime cuts. Well, basically we're enabled by working with outside sources to make sure we have the popular cuts Still to our requirements in terms of preferably pasture-raised, no added hormones or antibiotics. But I don't want to limit people. I want to educate people. Um, you know, I love everybody who's doing 100% whole carcass, but it is hard to maintain good flow and good staffing. And honestly, 16 years ago, it wasn't an option. When I started, the whole my whole premise was simply best quality food, like chef quality food, and what that means has changed over the years, so so have we. But yeah, I would say 60 to 70% of what we currently stock, you know, aren't necessarily within 100 miles, but they're farmers that I actually personally know and have a relationship with, and can call on my cell phone and know that they will answer.
0: So let's go through what 100% whole carcass means and what you do for people that are listening. Because I think this is a great piece of knowledge you might, if you get a hundred percent whole carcass, that means you buy the whole let's cow. Let's yeah. just say so.
2: It. Basically, if you're doing whole carcass, and we're going to use the cow for an example, is you're dealing with like a twelve hundred pound steer. Of that, basically, you're going to get about a six hundred pound carcass um, by the time you take the hide, the blood, the guts, and all all that out. Well, you're getting the tongue, you know, the tail. You're getting the liver. You're getting in the heart and you're getting the tenderloin, and you're getting the ribeye, you're getting top round, bottom round, chuck, you're literally getting every single muscle. And in our case, we would be wanting to use all the bones and all the offal. Um, but what that means to an average consumer is there's only 10 pounds of tenderloin on a steer. And when you're at a fillet, you're at a fillet until the next steer. You've got all these other cuts of top round, bottom round, brisket, and things that you've got to use before you can basically get into the tenderloin of the next steer. Um, we cook very differently. We have evolved to cook what the grocery store offers us, which are premium cuts. So most people have forgotten how to do country fried steak, how to basically do, you know, all sorts of tougher cuts, brazies, you know, kind of more stir fries, just cheap meat. Most people don't know what to do with it these days and they just don't want to. So... Because we pre-existed the availability of of whole carcasses on any regular basis, we started with chef quality meats, things that restaurants used, and then I brought in a whole steer, a whole pig, a whole lamb to supplement. Because as a chef, that was just cool. Sure, I mean the cool factor to get a whole carcass and break it down that nobody was doing was just so much fun and mind blowing and different. But at the end of the day, all those cuts we couldn't sell, you know, was what I was eating and what my staff were eating. And because we were chefs, we knew what to do with it. But the average home cook had no idea. So as our food systems have evolved and as our consumers have evolved and educated a lot, you know, we have shifted and we've been able to do more whole carcass. But I have decided to not limit myself... Because at Christmas, that means I would have tender Tenderloins available. Last year, we sold over 200. At the end of the day, I want to educate people, and I want to expose them to all these different cuts. But I feel like the best way to do that is to get a rapport and get a trust where they're like, I don't know what it is, but I trust you. And then peop- and we'll talk about, again, in the butcher bags, we give, re- we give recipes for some of these cool, funkier cuts. And they're great values. People just don't know what to do. So if you're a fun, adventurous cook, people go for it. If you just simply want your filet, we can do that. We just have supplemented with non-local, high-quality options.
0: Sure. It's more tenderloins because the people really want them. Other otter cuts, which I love personally because people, people kind of, you could just try them, Scott, like a Denver steak.
2: No idea what that is.
0: Delicious. That's all I need to know, right? It it's,
2: a, it's, a, it's a steak cut out of the shoulder.
1: This is everybody's favorite part of the podcast, a.k.a. my favorite part of the podcast, <laughs> where I pause the in-depth food discussion, and we hit the rewind button, and we go back to Tanya as a child. When <laughs> did you realize that butchering was your dream? Never? Next okay. um, <laughs> <let's> question. <laughs> no, okay, moving
2: so, on. <laughs> okay, so my family will tell you that probably when I was about five or six... I was meat girl. So you're meat
1: girl to meat queen. That's so basically so
2: meat girl in terms of basically if we went to a restaurant, if we went somewhere, I was eating red meat, okay. not limited to beef, but predominantly beef, um, specifically officers club in Newport, Rhode Island. And that would have been in 1976. Um, Sounds fancy. A hanging haunch of beef, like a big old leg. That they would carve. So steamship round, but bigger. Nice. Like the whole steamship sure. is a smaller part of the haunch.
0: But the whole one.
2: The whole thing. And I, and I would basically hold my plate out and say, more please, red please. Um, and you've actually seen the whole haunch from the Beast Feast. Yes. Um, an event that we've done off I and on. I own that
0: shirt, I think. She's wearing a Beast Feast shirt. We'll get into that in
2: a second. Um, I'm ready. Or not. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I've always been meat girl. But growing up military brat, British mother, um, my father's from North Florida, but naval officer, we bounced around all over the country, all over the world, I'm really fortunate that we didn't go to the beach, I realize now I'm very fortunate that we didn't go to the beach in the summer as a kid, we'd go to Germany, we'd go to France. At the time I was irritated, because we weren't going to the beach like my friends, but now i 100% you know, wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for eating my way across Europe, you know, as a preteen. It um, sounds
1: very romantic, your childhood. The officer's club,
2: summers in Germany, the haunch, the whole haunch, nothing oh. but the haunch.
0: I feel like you're feeling things here, Scott. I,
2: I, I was, like yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was the kid climbing the tree and falling out and breaking my arm. Okay. But, that, you know. That part's not so romantic. But I was, I was just the very active kid who was open for anything. Um, And then, you know, fast forward, high school in Northern Virginia, UVA, aerospace engineering major. Um, So, the plan was that I was going to design things and work for NASA was sort of that vision. Literal rocket scientist. Correct. Literal. So, um, I took a break from school. I took a semester off, worked in a bar as a cook, was offered a position in Switzerland as a cook. So, at that point, I was doing an ACF apprenticeship, American Culinary Federation. Okay. And the gentleman who I trained under has a master's degree in um, Russian history and was the executive chef of UVA. Most chefs have all sorts of eclectic, crazy educational backgrounds. They're at least of the era before culinary school- When I was kind of coming up through the ranks, culinary school was a small percentage of chefs. Um, It wasn't really a thing because it was kind of pre food network. I grew up with Julia Childs on PBS. Like that was, you know, my favorite sort of Saturday morning, you know, post cartoon. Um, So yeah, I moved off to Switzerland, did my, finished my chef's training, traveled Europe. What was that conversation like with your folks? I'm going to put aside my rocket
1: science, you know, life, and I'm now going to be, Oh,
2: they they love me and they support me in most everything. But financially, they said, if you are not at UVA, we do not support you financially. And they thought that would be enough to get me to re-enroll in school. Ha-ha, you show them. (laughs) But they did come visit me in Switzerland and kind of went, oh, okay, we get it. You're not just like... Cooking, you're like a chef with like a white toque and a you know fancy jacket. And
1: was that a hard decision for you? I mean, it doesn't I mean, the way you're telling us, it doesn't sound like it was hard, but I'm guessing there were some sleepless nights
2: making that decision. On my side, I don't think there were any sleepless nights. On my parents' side, I think there were a lot of sleepless nights. I mean, when you're you know, when you're 19, you're invincible, you're bulletproof, you just jump and you go. And it never dawned on me to not just do what felt natural you know cooking was easy cooking was fun my family were definitely 1970s foodies Um, every saturday myself my dad and um, my sister we would basically cook from julia child and more company not and company but more company (laughs) full menus um you know prior to you know the first time my parents left us alone you know for like an adult weekend my sister my sister decided cuz she's older um, hi karen hi karen um, hi karen she decided we we're going to have a dinner party and we we're going to invite boys and we used mom's McCall cooking school magazines and she picked something we had never eaten or never cooked and she informed me i was making it and that she would do set, set the table what was on the menu that night <laughs> chicken kiev <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting with what's going on in the world today um, but yeah we it's a topical podcast I mean we, we're we up on the current events I think we, I think we're there Yeah. so yeah kind of um, but yeah we invited boys because I knew boys she didn't know boys I invited boys and we had milk and apple juice and water we still have the menu handwritten Aww. from that that would have been like 1981 and the interesting thing is my sister who also went to UVA she was an English major, is Karen Cawthon-Ellsworth, who is the director of Historic Garden Week for the state of Virginia, which Garden Week is coming up pretty soon. So everybody, this is my plug for my sister, go, go to one of the garden tours. They're, they're fabulous. Um, it is not your grandmother's garden club anymore.
0: I love those garden tours. I'll, I'll put a plug in there. I think they're super, super awesome. Also, I never knew we had such great gardens Anyway, cool stuff Karen does. She really, really does. I wish I knew more about gardening. think she'll give me a class.
2: Yeah, she's actually um, working on helping my stepson. They just bought a house, so she's helping design their, their garden. But the fun thing is, back when I was 20, so recently back from Switzerland, um, had had a job here. In Re- I'm... When you're moving back from Switzerland and you're 22, your choice is to move in with mom and dad. Or your sister in Richmond. I chose sister in Richmond because, I mean, mom and dad, you're right. I get you. So I'm very fortunate that off and on we've had a great relationship. But when I was 25, she decided she wanted to be Martha Stewart and got out of the high tech industry and we opened a catering company and she got to be Martha Stewart and I made everything.
0: How'd so. that work? It's
2: like a theme I'm sensing.
0: Yeah,
1: when you're a child, she, she sets makes the, the menu, table. You yep,
2: do you do the work. Yes, I like this. This <laughs> yeah.
1: is like a Shakespearean. I
2: don't know if it's a tragedy or a comedy yet, but we'll, no, I guess we'll it, get there. We're getting there. Yeah, it, it was a comedy until it was a tragedy. We <laughs> most did things are I very guess. Shakespearean. <laughs> we, we did we did amazing great events. Um, we specialized in small stuff. A lot of the big caterers handed things off to us, um, but after three years, we just couldn't be in the same room together and closed it down. But, you know, fast forward 20 years later, we're best of friends and, you know. Doing garden tours. Yeah, giving plugs, you know, for garden tours. Um, You know, she is generally my bounce everything off person when I want to make big decisions in generally business related is because she is much more my average consumer. So I basically kind of tend to think of her as, you know, when I want to put a pig's head in the case... Do I have it facing forward or do I have it facing to the side? Like, to the it, side. Yeah, basically, <laughs> correct. Basically, if, 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 it, if it would ghoul my sister out, then we can't do it. <laughs> to the side. I'm a squirmish
1: person in general when it comes to like blood and animals. Like Seriously?
2: It, once it, oh, yeah. Once it's
1: on the plate, it's fine. The stuff that you do, I can't even imagine. So you're saying you couldn't get a whole animal. Period. Z- done. A dead, a dead one. Anything
0: you want to add after that, it's,
2: it's over with. Living Dead? No, I'm not. Well, and the great thing is that that means I would really ghoul Scott out because I also have a farm.
0: And okay, we're good. we're going there. <laughs> oh, so
1: why are we in this back alley behind the the
2: Because
0: we, be g- we we currently have a whole Scott. Yes. Oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how, what do you think? How how she could break it down?
2: How <laughs> fat on? Was well, I had I known I could have brought. Scott, a, a baby lamb to play with while oh, we're gosh. Oh, yeah I I'd know play with her that's fine yeah,
0: yeah. And th- but you know that it, lamb becomes food it'll be Again, ready
1: like from, it, from <laughs> point A to point like A and Z I'm okay with it's it's B through was it Y that I have problems with it's
0: funny that you specifically are the one that's weird about this because I am not and Tanya is why is not. that funny I'm gonna go down it, this road right now because we're girls
1: because we're uh, girls I, I don't ascribe to you know gender roles and you know stereotypes
2: well shouldn't you be bearing the r and punching yeah. your chest right now but 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 see the cl- clearly i've always basically kind of again swapped gender roles engineering school you know chef butcher so of.
0: what was that like when you opened a butchery and you were like yo i'm a chick um <laughs> okay this I mean, part, i'm sure you, it probably came out like much much different than that but i'm Rocky gonna go down there. well yeah. no
2: no i was gonna say this this is the part that you might have to cut out i mean I'm assuming, because at the time I wasn't married, everybody assumed I was a lesbian. Um, which Seriously? Because you weren't married and you handled meat? Yeah. But <laughs> now, 15 years later, the part that's funny is within the butcher world, is it happens that there is a strong... Lesbian contingent, two female butchers. So they give me grief because I don't have tattoos and I'm not a lesbian. And they basically are just like, "You're not in the club." <laughs> but I, you started the club. Well, and that's <laughs> I mean, where they I don't give, give me. That's where they basically are like, "Okay, well, fine." Um, you know, so they they have fun giving me a, a lot of grief, especially the no tattoo thing, especially since now we're next to a tattoo parlor that's like supposed to be one of the best. Stay in the firm. Country. I don't have one either. Yeah. Stay, stay, stay firm. But um, I mean, most. Honestly, the biggest thing now is that most people don't realize I was a chef before I was a butcher. So, like, when I was on Chopped, they don't... Like, people didn't know I could cook. So, that, But even the young chefs in Richmond didn't realize that I had a cooking background. So, that was sort of fun to be like, you know... I've
0: been where you are.
2: Yeah, been there, done that. I actually remember how. Um, and again, most people don't realize that I met Henry in the store. So, Henry's my husband... He um, used to own Strawberry Street Vineyard for a lot of you who recognize him. But they don't realize that I met him a year or two into the store and he was a customer. Um, You know, and kind of things just, it was like, oh, he's kind of (laughs) cute. You know, and things evolved from there.
1: What was his order? Do you remember?
2: Um, The first time I do not. Um, The second time the story he tells is about a big old thick porterhouse. And I asked him if he was going to have guests over, and he said, "Oh yeah, yeah." And it came out to be seventy-five bucks. And he he said he, you know, kind of was trying to figure out how to get out of actually buying it, but then he wouldn't impress me if he sort of backpedaled. So he said he ate on it for a day or two, which I think is a complete lie. I think he ate the whole thing that first time. Um, <laughs>
1: it's an expensive cut of meat, seventy-five bucks, and the marriage the rest of your life, right? Pretty well,
2: porterhouse. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a porterhouse. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know. I happen to be steak girl, so I, you know, would have just completely demolished it myself. But I would assume that since it was a big one, he would have shared it. But um, it did get, it, it got my attention. It, it was a conversation starter.
0: I, I bet a $75 porterhouse would get my attention too. <laughs> when
2: wooing
1: the local butcher, order an expensive piece of meat. That's, that's what I'm hearing just right Just a here. pretty
0: porterhouse. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, for two people or, or a nice little showpiece, that could be a
1: great dinner. Now, was he the first customer that you uh, had the hots for?
2: He's a, he's a fat he, He's I mean, a, a, Come on. He's the first one I went out with. Fair enough. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Mixing business with pleasure. Well, no. The funny thing is, in the early days, my entire staff were single, so we actually started a thing called a meet and greet, and it was simply so that we could. M E A T, obviously. Yes, correct. I wish she still did those. I love them. But we, we did it solely so that we could basically socialize with customers that we thought were cute, and basically <laughs> see if there was something else going on. Um, This is a
0: true meat market. We should have a podcast meet and greet. What do you think? (laughs) Nobody got my joke. Oh, God. sorry. It's so good. No, I love a meet and greet. Actually, are you going to bring those back? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, we're
2: definitely going to bring them back. Um, You know, we've just been really, really conservative on our COVID protocols. I don't blame Um, you. Well, because, I mean, again, when my staff did get it, we ended up being shut down for 12 days. And you that's know, a lot for small business. And during that, we lost a lot of meat because there was a lot of stuff that myself, I was negative. So I was processing and basically continuing projects and doing everything I could to salvage stuff. But still, business interruption in that manner is not covered by insurance. Sure. So that was 12 days of just, you know, kind of eat it. Here's all of it. <laughs> here's all this meat I can't do anything with because. I mean, I was I was freezing what I could, but i was sending it home with my staff with our families you know i was doing everything i could possibly do but i was the only one who was allowed to be in the store at the time and it was just you know sort of how do we salvage and how do we kind of get this going to some extent the second time covid hit with us henry's actually the one who got it so i was on quarantine so i got to be home for eight days oh gosh um and i never got it like wearing a mask in your house sucks but that's what you do to Are you saying stay. that
1: red meat can ward off COVID nineteen. Is that what you're is that what you're telling us?
2: Apparently, basically when you eat a lot of meat, basically you have like a healthy disposition. But I also happen to think that it has something to do with goat poop. Oh. Because I, I own a farm and I'm basically dealing with goats and sheep and if and stuff every single morning. Like I'm out there, you know, hauling hay and so, so I think if you eat a lot of meat and you basically have your hands in goat poop at some point good
1: see that's the one part i didn't do i eat meat but i had no goat poop and that's i think i, I got the virus that way i should have been playing with more goat poop
0: you know I, I knock on wood i'd eat plenty of meat don't do a lot of playing in goat poop but manage to stay away from it but we eat meat from here there so maybe she, the transitive it's, property yeah, of the, equality she, the queen touches the meat and it comes to us then we are and the goat poop yes
2: Hopefully this well, hopefully goat, Yeah, hof- hopefully the goat poop is not not anywhere the, yeah, associated. Yeah, but I'm but. manifesting that it's nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 so
0: yeah. That, that'll work. So let's talk about this farm. Right now, you did I hear baby baby little sheep?
2: So so the lambs are about a month old right now. What? Um, <laughs> which is actually means that they are. The cutest they're, things alive. They are the cutest things alive, but they're fast. They're faster than I am. Where is this farm? Like where? Ge- so I'm in. I, they have breakaway speed. Yes, they have breakaway speed. I'm in West Hanover. Okay. So West Hanover is very, very rural, um, which I love. You know, it's nice when you spend all day talking to people to kind of get out into the country and, you know. When do
0: they get slower? I need to know about the lambs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the only time you can really catch them these days is basically when you put a little bit of uh, sweet grain out. They want treats. But they they understand treats, so they basically come up and then you and then you can snag them. Um, then to be clear, these lambs are going to end up in your in your shop one day. One day, yes. One day. Okay. One day we're but we're not done with you the you. Don't kind name of the them, do you? Yet. Yes, Na- no. All names. Well, that- no, no. Girls get names. Oh. Boys get numbers. Oh, oh. oh nice. Um, well, a- to explain that though. Yeah. So so girls get names because they can breed. So basically, they can make more babies. So you give them names because they're going to stick around. They're going to be somebody's mom. Boys, on the other hand, you only need one boy for, Somebody's like, every lunch. dozen girls. Yeah. So all the extra boys get castrated at a young age. So they basically get, get slower and fatter and deliciouser. and Sounds like me, except for the delicious.
1: castration part. Um, they get delicious. Slower and fatter. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know. My, <laughs> and delicious. I love it. And there's a certain amount of, like, you want to chase them or let them run around because it's basically building their muscles for future meat. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was. That sounds I was cuddling, twisted to me. I was cuddling with one this morning. Yeah,
0: I'm not, I didn't. It doesn't sound twisted to me. Okay, so let's go now. How good is their life
2: with you? Great. Do you so want to come back as one of your lambs? I would have. I would have no issues. So I mean, the thing is, you want an animal that basically has a life, is is that you can kind of look at and say that looks like an awesome pastoral life. He, you know, they basically they have multiple houses like barns and structures to go in when they want. to. Like to get out of the rain. They have a pond as well as water troughs for water. They have grass and woods and shade, plus I feed them hay. Sure. So basically they get to just like totally be on a staycation most of the time. And then one day I go, Oh, that one's ready. When do you know? Passionately. I mean sorry, dispassionately. Well see the thing is you play with them when they're little and they're cuddly. And then basically at a certain point, they get hard to catch, so you aren't touching them as frequently. So the only time you're touching them is if you see that there's something wrong or they look like they're having a problem. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the boys, you know, are eventually going to be food, so you don't touch them. You play with the girls. So you have a connection with the girls. The girls come up and eat out of your hand. And the boys are not wild, but they're not handled as much because eventually they're going to hit on your plate. So you... Completely separate yourself and separate emotionally from this cute little thing that you like played with when it was a month old, to okay, you know it, you're hearty, you're healthy, right? You're you're ready. You're now ready to nourish somebody. And
1: how long did it take you to figure that out, or to? I guess at the beginning it was harder than it is now.
2: Actually, I've never had a problem with it because my dad grew up on a farm. Oh, okay. So when I was a little kid and we would spend summers on my grandparents' farm. The pigs were going to be food. The cows were going to be food. So all of that was just the cycle of life that that's, like, so it's never really bothered me. Um, I mean, the first time I did an on-farm slaughter, yeah, there was definitely some crying and some like, oh, my God, oh, my God, involved. But there was also a thank you for my food. You know, that's where you basically actually say a blessing and thank you for my food. Amen. Um, But I also think with my occupation as a butcher, You want that from me is you want me to be able to take the life and know that it was a quality life. But you also want me to use every single part. You want me to be using the fat, the bones, everything so that the life didn't isn't wasted in any way. Um, And that's, again, like when we had COVID. It wasn't so much the financial loss. I mean, yeah, that sucks as a business owner. It's a disrespect to life that really, really bothered me is the fact that I ended up throwing meat in the garbage because no matter what I did, I couldn't stay ahead of certain things, and that was very, very, like, morally wrong for me. Um, But I also do have two big farm dogs, so even though things did rot, I gave it to the dogs, and they had the option to eat it, and what they didn't eat, I buried. So again, cycle of life, kind of put the nutrients back in the soil.
0: I love that. That's exactly what I would want from a butcher. Um, I think that you understanding what goes behind all of the meat, every single place where it comes from is a, is a cool thing to have in the back of your head when you're buying something from you. So you have lamb, you have chickens,
2: you have goat, you K- have kittens. Yeah, cats, dogs, <laughs> um, guinea hens, and henry.
0: Uh, yeah, well, Henry, we'll, we'll get to when we're going to um, on-farm slaughter him soon. <laughs> I'm joking.
2: Wow. That is a total joke. Dark turn. <laughs> well, I mean, the fun thing with Henry is, I mean, he's he's been an avid hunter, you know. He from, would laugh from, at that joke. Yeah. But that's <laughs> the thing is, I mean, he, he's an avid hunter. So, again, his food center is, is very close to mine. I mean, he was a wine guy and sold gourmet foods, and he's an avid cook. So... The very first on-farm slaughter I did was actually I bought a ram lamb for him for his birthday that we then slaughtered and then cooked for a bunch of wine friends. So it it was actually a birthday present. Ram lamb. Yep. Never heard of one. Ram lamb just simply means it's a male lamb versus a ewe lamb. Okay. Ram lamb. I like Ram lamb. Ram lamb a ding dong. Yep,
1: yep. So not, a, not I'm
0: going to reproduce again, uh, I get a number lamb. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'll play with you for a few months and then send you on your way down the path. hello, lamb chops. <laughs> the butchery. Tell us about that. Is it j- you just come
2: in and you order raw meats? Are you making things with it that people can buy? So we are probably 98% raw meat. Well, things you need to do more to. Um, so yeah, you, you as a consumer come in and buy raw meats for dinner We also have charcuterie, so fancy French word for yummy, salty meats. Those are generally ready to eat, you know, so prosciutto, salamis, um, hams. We make our own bacons, we make our own pates, um, but we don't do prepared food. So we are different in that we don't have a restaurant, you can't buy sandwiches, um, and we don't do prepared foods. So my business plan theory was always, if we struggled to sell the meat, then prepared food was always an area we could get into, but we don't really have a proper kitchen. So without a hood and without a proper kitchen, it does limit what we can do from a cooking. Plus the city charges the meals tax thing, and that would apply to the meals tax, and that's more paperwork, and I hate paperwork. I'd rather just cut meat. So we basically avoid the prepared foods thing, but we'll tell you how to cook everything. Um, yeah, so the closest thing to prepared foods we do is pretty much like the butcher bags, where we give you like a menu and say, here's how you cook it." Um,
1: and is it a walk-in business, or are people calling ahead of time, ordering online, picking up?
2: So you cannot order online, um, because we have so many questions, we want to talk to you about what it is that you are doing. Um, so we're kind of old-fashioned in that you have to talk to a person. The general is that you walk in, you have a conversation with us. During holidays, we do recommend special ordering to make sure we have enough. If you want something different or unique, we encourage you to call in and say, can I get, um, do you have, a lot of times it's, hey, I don't have it today, I can have it in two days, or let me talk to my farmer, I'll get it for you. Um, But yeah, the general is you come in and you have a conversation and you leave with deliciousness. Um, You know, it doesn't hurt to call um, don't email me, Don't direct message me. Um, I get to those eventually. Again, we're old fashioned. i'm not I'm not sitting at a desk in front of a computer all day.
0: So if I came in and said there's two of us eating, and I got I'm on a budget, I have thirty five dollars.
2: I was gonna say, so no seventy five dollar porterhouse.
0: No,
1: I suck. She no has her, man. She doesn't need to woo him with him. No,
0: big no, meat. No, 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 he is a big piece of meat. That
2: Ryan. Yep. Um, <laughs> we love when he comes in.
1: I'm sure <laughs> everybody does.
2: Um, I have thirty
0: five dollars. What
2: can I What can I have for dinner tonight? Honestly, for thirty five bucks, you can have a lot. I mean. And I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to just point us in a direction and give us a budget. I mean, $35, you can buy pretty much any steak you want. Ooh. Um, you, could, you could buy some lamb. Lamb's very expensive right now. You could buy any pork, poultry, anything that you wanted. If you went pork and poultry, that 35 bucks is going to get you a bottle of wine, too. Ooh. Um, we, we also have a cheesemonger, so you know you can also get some cheese for a nibble ahead of time. Um. But yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, we'll cut you steaks ranging from porterhouses and fillets, but we've got the flat irons, the denvers, the hanger steaks, you know, kind of all that stuff. Um, again, pork is always going to be your budget-friendly option, you know, if you need more volume, because let's say you've got a bunch of kids or you're having people come over, pork is always going to be a budget-friendly option. Um, you know, lamb right now is, is pretty expensive. You know, we're looking at Easter and just scratching our heads. Right, um, so what, when should I order for Easter? Because I know you're nuts. So I haven't sent out the newsletter yet, but we've already started taking orders. Really? Yeah. Behind the eight ball, Ruby.
0: I mean it. It isn't it. me. It's my it's, mother-in-law that's as behind long the eight ball. As long
2: as you order by the Monday before, we're fine. Um, I'll be sending out the newsletter at some point this week, which the newsletter basically just tells you a little bit about what's going on and, and like, hey, you should order because then that way we'll have plenty of meat. And this year is going to be wacky because traditionally we sell over 50% lamb for Easter, but because lamb prices have gone up 42% over last year. Why is that? Supply and demand, like everything. Um, Less so at this point gas prices, but feed prices are, are definitely going up. The biggest thing is when restaurants shut down at the beginning of COVID, almost everything, like a lot of stuff got put in the freezers. So speaking specifically about lamb, because it's a more restaurant mm-hmm. meat, it's not a whole, you know, not not as many people eat lamb at home. They so should. a lot of people, basically, a lot of the producers put lamb in the freezer. Well, when breeding time came around, because lambs are seasonal breeders, they generally only breed once or twice a year. Basically, they bred a lot less animals, so they would have a lot less fresh because they had all this stuff in the freezer. Sure and lambs generally twin. So, you, so one, one makes two, um, versus a cow generally singles. So it's, an eight, it's a five-month gestation. It's a six-month grow out. So when restaurants sort of all of a sudden popped up and reopened, well, most restaurants want fresh meat, not frozen meat. So they didn't really want to spend, even at a discount, get frozen meat. Well, there were already only so many lambs on the ground. Sure. And you have to wait until either spring or fall for them to basically go into heat again for breeding so they could breed more. So it's an 11-month fixed cycle. Like, you can't fix it immediately, just like, you know, people are people are kind of saying, like, in the beginning with, with beef, well, why don't you just slaughter more? Why did not you just grow more? It's like, well, it takes two to three years from birth to harvest on a steer. Plus, you have gestation time you can't just slaughter more like that's basically <laughs> it's not how it goes because they're just too small sure. and you're not going to get the yield. But then also when, then there's going to be a, a segment missing kind of, then all of a sudden you're not going to have enough when you, when you need them. So the cycles are the cycles. Um, and you can't force them. Right. So right now it's supply versus demand. And even though last fall the lamb breeders would have bred more is the babies are being born now, which means they're not ready for Easter. They're not going to be ready until basically late summer or early fall. Um, So lamb prices are just going to be crazy. Um, You know, so for us, like my years, you know, 15 years worth of records are only worth a little bit because nothing's going to trend the same this year. Oh, gosh. But the big delicious thing for Easter, Porchetta?
0: Porchetta? Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell my mother-in-law that. You'll have to tell her how to cook it. Okay. You <laughs> can do that. <laughs> I love it. You want to talk about Chopped?
1: I would love to talk about I notice your earrings have the big cleaver on them. Sort yeah. of, sort- I know it's not a r- direct reference to Chopped, but it looks sort of like the Chopped uh, emblem, the Food Network Show Chopped. Tell us about your experience on that show.
2: So, so the earrings have become a signature thing. I've actually had them for 12 years now. My sister-in-law gave them to me as a present when I first started dating her brother. Um, So, yeah, they kind of have become a thing. Yeah, I I got a call here at the shop one day that basically just said, you know, I'm I'm a a casting person for, you know, Notional, who is the the producers of Chopped, and we were wondering if you were interested in, you know, applying for our show, and I kind of went, ha, 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 because it was April Fool's Day. Uh. Um, And they they said, "No, no, no, seriously, and I said, well, send me an email, because I don't believe you. They sent me an email, and it turns out that they were looking for people in secondary cities, so not New York, not D.C., in smaller cities. Um, and at the time, they actually tapped a whole bunch of people in Richmond. Um, they used Fireflower Forks' website to actually basically make their call list.
0: Seriously.
2: Seriously. And they called a whole bunch of people. And then from there, you had to do, you know, the application process. So, you know, you got called, but it didn't mean you were going to be on it as you, as you had to go through the full application and be accepted. Um, and they were definitely looking for, you know, kind of, they were looking for certain people and I, you know, I meet the qu- qualifications characters. and yeah. Looking for characters. Yeah. They're looking for characters and I, you know, reminded them that I had not been a professional cook for over a decade and I just figured as long as I didn't look completely like an idiot, since I'm not actively at a restaurant, it couldn't hurt even if I did get chopped. Um, went up there and. and what year is this? Remind me. It's actually been five years ago now so um, whatever year five years like ago was 17 2017? 2017 2017 yeah and it, <laughs> yeah. and actually it was like two weeks ago that I went up there. it was in, it was in March of 2017 um, that I went up and you show up at 6 a.m. at a Starbucks across the street from Chelsea, Chelsea they Market. They blindfold
1: you, put a hood over your head, and throw you in the back of a truck. Well, and
2: you're, you're sitting there looking at everybody else wearing black pants and a, and a white T-shirt <laughs> with, with their knife kit, and you're kind of like, oh, I guess you're here for the same reason I am. Let's hope so. <laughs> that we're not supposed to talk about because we signed pieces of paper. Um, but yeah, they take you in through Chelsea Market, and they take your cell phones and your watches, so you have no idea what time it is, and you are theirs for the duration. And um, And yeah. how long were
1: you there that day? Do you recall? How long so the whole process
2: took? once you get chopped, they then do like interviews and then you get to leave. So at minimum, you're going to be there for eight hours. I was there for 14. Um, it was a very long day. And you just cook and cook and cook. No, you sit on your butt and sit on your butt and sit on your it's butt. It's TV.
1: Hurry up and wait.
2: Yeah, hurry up and wait. So you get in and you know, they, they kind of prep you and they walk you through and they sort of prep you and you're kind of in this starstruck, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God mode. And there's two extra people. Because they don't know if somebody's not going if, to, if you're a no-show, and then once you're there, like, they kind of do a final check and they have the right to reject you, um, even though you're there. Um, and always the extras are from New York, so it's like they just have to get on the subway and go home, no big deal. Um, but yeah, they take you around, they show you the kitchen, I mean, they show you the pantry, and that's maybe ten minutes. So again, you don't remember anything, everything is just this whirlwind, they put you in a green room, um you know, which is, looks kind of like a back prep room um, to hang out in, and they, you know, point out the fact that there's cameras everywhere, like, in the walls, so they can basically film everything, so kind of be mindful of what you say, and then finally, they bring you out for the intro, and they do the intro, and then you have to kind of hang around and wait, and then finally, it's time to cook, and... Literally, Ted Allen, like, says, you know, take the items out of your basket. you don't know anything. No, you don't know anything. You had no idea it was in the basket. No, no. I mean, they tell you basically, okay, we're going to have, you're going to have 15 minutes or I think it's 20 minutes to cook, and you have to make four plates, you know, three for the judges, one for a camera, um, and it's real time, and there's the clock, and you can always call for time, and we'll, we'll tell you, and there's the, your choice of plates, and literally Ted Allen... You know, kind of says, now open your baskets, and you open your baskets, and you pull out the items, as he's saying, and then he says, and your time starts now, and you pause for probably a half a second, and then go, oh my god, my time just started, and you start running.
0: So, and what was in your basket?
2: Um, first basket was a stuffed, a, a it was an onion stuffed with stuffing, it was asparagus sausage and a cherry daiquiri that was sickly a sweet drink? and disgusting. Yeah. yeah it was sickly sweet. You have to make a sweet. meal with that. And you have to make a meal with it. And my, you know, my, you can't, you truly cannot really plan for chopped. You either, you just go. It's kind of like fi- figuring out dinner. You know, you open your refrigerator and you have 15 minutes to figure out dinner. That's chopped. Um, Henry's a taskmaster. Man.
0: no, gives He 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Woo. So,
1: um <laughs>
2: So yeah, I mean, she's been training
0: for this all all during the marriage. Thank you, Henry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my theory has always been because I mean, if I close here, I don't get home until eight thirty. So, my theory has always been, however long it takes for a pot of rice or a pot of like pasta to cook, is how long you have to do all the rest of your prep work and get it done. So when your pot of whatever you know your pot of rice is done, everything else better better be ready to plate. If you're you know when you get Henry mad when you get home that late. He's a really good cook, so he actually cooks more than half the time. Um, I'm very lucky on that one, is that he's a very good cook. And he will tell you that he has, we, we practiced, we did some chopped practices at home, and he actually won um, the family version. I kind of had a hissy fit. In the <laughs> um, I, I accused him of cheating. But, anyways, um, sore loser over there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she,
0: she nationally one chopped out, accused him of cheating too. I'm,
2: I'm, so, gonna,
0: I'm just telling you that right now.
2: But, yeah, so I mean, it was one of those things like I didn't expect to win. I just thought, honestly, I needed a new floor for the butcher shop, and I thought that this was a way to basically earn some money for the repairs in the butcher shop. After I did the first round, I, what I realized is I could win this. I didn't think I was going to win it, but I realized that. The
0: light went off and you and I think I can probably take them
2: yeah yeah it was it was one of those things it was like because a, heck, one person's already yes. eliminated after the first well, round one's right? already eliminated but you've also seen everybody it was like oh well that other guy's basically going to screw up next round that's fine it was like <laughs> hopefully well, they're know, listening to this right ba- feel even worse like five, like, five u- years u- later CBO, like I knew like within like the very ending of the first round that basically the guy um, next to me was the guy to beat it was like all I gotta do is beat him where is he now he's an executive chef of a restaurant group in um Louisiana.
1: Do you send them letters every year? Like,
2: I'm so, doing great. Hope you're doing great too. No, Signed Eusebio the CHOP champion.
1: To
2: you. Um, Eusebio? Was yeah, his yeah.
1: Name?
0: yeah. 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 Um,
2: so He's the fun th- Alex Harrell in Louisiana. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right. I know exactly, yeah.
2: So, so the fun thing is we do actually all keep up on Facebook. That's awesome. And like, you know, like repost each other's like promo stuff and, and, and stuff like that. So the nice thing is we actually do v- vaguely keep up because of social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, I completely didn't expect to win, and the, the funnier part, and anybody who knows she me, did
0: think she could. I did. That's important.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, but my whole life has been about I. Th- I think I can. I think I can. I probably can. You know, you should have a story about that. I, I I opened a butcher a shop. I think I can. Mm-hmm. I like um, that you
0: were like. Now that I've seen everybody, I just got to take that guy down.
2: <laughs> but the best part is at the tail end when you win is then they want this like big explosive like energy thing, <laughs> and I'm an introvert. I'm gregarious and I'm Yay. very verbal, but I, at the end of the day, I'm an introvert. Like I get exhausted. You know, I talk to people and I'm exhausted. I want to go hide. I want to go play with goats, um, and
1: then slaughter them.
2: So, when they wanted this big, like, extrovert, woohoo, hoo I just wasn't, if you, yeah, I'm just not that person. Um, so, mine was literally, like, an arm pump and a, like, hey.
0: New floor, baby. <laughs> That's what uh-huh. she went with.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. So, so it was, well, and the best part is, I finally get out. They finally give me my cell phone back. There's, like, all these, like, text messages from Henry, because he's still in Virginia. Like, I just went up by myself, because it was, a, a, I was gone for 36 hours. And 14 of it was, you know, at the studio is, you know, he, he, I call him back and he's like, how'd you do, how'd you do? And I said, well, I didn't do bad. I just, I just finished. And he was like, well, how did you do? And I said, I did very, very, very well. Cause legally I can't tell you. And he went, how many rounds are there? And I said three. And he goes, very, very, oh, you know, and starts, <laughs> he starts just, and I was, he was like, what'd you cook? And I was like, I have no earthly idea. I'm hungry. Can I find food and call you later? Because at this point, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I haven't eaten since lunch because you can't eat your own food. So, um. You can't eat your own food? I mean, you can, you can taste it to make sure that you've seasoned it right. But, like, when, they, when you leave the green room, like, when you l- finish cooking, like. They give you nothing to eat? Well, they gave you lunch. No. And, there was, like, and there were snacky things in there, but I don't really eat junk food or I try not to eat junk sure, food. Same. So, I wasn't, you know, I was drinking lots of water. Um, I mean, I, and I probably did eat some junk food, but I try not to, but I was just, I was starving. So I, you know, I had to find a restaurant, something that I could, like I sat, I went down to Chelsea market and sat in the bar and and ate a food and and got myself some bubbly and then called Henry back and told him what I cooked. (laughs) Would you do it again? They've, they've actually called me a couple times. The problem is, um, the timing So they called me early in COVID because most restaurants had shut down. The problem is I would have had to been quarantined for three weeks. Right. And one being quarantined, but the shop was open and we were slammed. And I have a farm. So that wasn't going to work. And Henry's got to eat. Henry Henry can feed himself. All right. I'll I'll, I'll stop with that joke. (laughs) No, no, no. I feel like I've reached the end of the line on Henry jokes. Sorry, No, but here's the great thing is Henry would not have wanted to be alone for three weeks. And normally he would come with me and he would like go adventuring. Quarantine COVID. Like, he he couldn't go adventuring, so it would not have been fun. Um, I actually kind of wanted to go because this one was going to be in the guys' grocery Games studio, which is in Santa Rosa, which is basically half an hour from where I went to junior high. Oh,
0: cool. So, I was
2: like, I can totally dig up, like, old schoolmates that I've never seen, but no, the COVID protocols were, I was really proud of them for the COVID protocols, but they just didn't work for me. So, yeah, every couple years, I get a call. And it's always just bad timing. So, um,
0: well, I'd cheer you on like from, from multiple places because heck yeah, I'd like to see you beat everybody else again. I just want to yeah. see the moment when you're like, I can take that guy.
2: <laughs> All hail the meat queen. <laughs> All hail the meat queen. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, I, I would assume that I would lose miserably, but I would just have fun doing it. And that's that's having won once, I can basically lose next time, and and I'm still a chopped champion, so it's okay.
0: You're listening to Eat It, Virginia, with Scott Rice, Roby Martin, and the Meat Queen, and Chopped Champion Tanya Coffin. This episode of Eat It, Virginia. Eat It,
1: Virginia. (laughs) Really? This episode of Eat It, (laughs) (laughs) Virginia. No! Oh God, no!